European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 44, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lusher. Managing Acute Coronary Syndromes, Troponin and DAPT in the Real World. Acute coronary syndromes are a serious clinical condition, still accounting for a substantial burden of mortality, even with today's guideline-based management. Of particular importance for outcome is an early diagnosis and timely medical treatment and intervention as has been provided by the recent high-sensitivity troponin assays. Furthermore, in the emergency setting, chest pain is a frequent presentation, but only a few truly have an acute coronary syndrome. Reliable and early rule-out is important as well. To that end, the most recent ESC guidelines for the management of acute coronary syndromes in patients presenting without persistent ST segment elevation proposed a new algorithm using high-sensitive troponin, a one-hour rule-in and rule-out algorithm. In a current opinion, sometimes earlier may not be better, Alan S. Jaffa from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA challenged this notion. They argue that, although these algorithms may represent an advance in the early diagnosis of chest pain patients, the ESC guidelines may have overlooked some gaps in the evidence for these approaches that could inadvertently disadvantage patients. Countering Jaffa and colleagues, Marco Roffi from the Opito Universitaire in Geneva, Switzerland, mentioned that the 2015 ESC guidelines proposed two high-sensitivity cardiac troponin-based diagnostic algorithms for patients presenting with acute chest pain and or suspected acute myocardial infarction to the emergency department. By including the new high-sensitivity cardiac troponin 0-hour-slash-1-hour algorithm, the novel ESC guidelines have tried to carefully balance diagnostic accuracy and speed and guide physicians towards the best possible clinical use of high-sensitivity cardiac troponins. Both opinions are complemented by a short introduction authored by the EHJ associate editor Filippo Crea from the Università Cattolica del Santo Cuore in Rome, Italy. In a first clinical research paper, Impact of High-Sensitivity Cardiac Troponin on Use of Coronary Angiography, Cardiac Stress Testing and Time to Discharge in Suspected Acute Myocardial Infarction, Christian Müller and colleagues from the University Hospital in Basel, Switzerland, remind us that high-sensitivity cardiac troponin assays provide higher diagnostic accuracy for acute myocardial infarction as compared to conventional assays. On the other hand, the authors acknowledge that their use may also result in an increased use of unnecessary coronary angiographies due to their ability to detect cardiomyocyte injury in conditions other than acute myocardial infarction. The authors therefore evaluated the impact of the clinical introduction of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin T on the use of coronary angiography, stress testing, and time to discharge in 2,544 patients presenting to the emergency department with symptoms suggestive of an acute coronary syndrome. The patients were derived from a multicenter study either before, i.e. in 1,455 patients, or after, i.e. in 1,089 patients, 
the introduction of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin T. Acute myocardial infarction was the clinical discharge diagnosis in 14% before and in 10% after the introduction of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin T, while with 9%, unstable angina was less often the clinical discharge diagnosis than with conventional assays, where it was 14%. The rate of coronary angiography was similar before and after the introduction of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin T, as was the percentage of coronary angiographies showing no stenosis. In contrast, the use of stress testing was substantially reduced from 29% to 19% with high-sensitivity assays. In outpatients, the median time to discharge was decreased by 79 minutes with high-sensitivity assays and total costs decreased by 20%. The authors conclude that the introduction of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin assays does not lead to an increased or inappropriate use of coronary angiography, but is associated with an improved rule-out process, and thereby reduces the need for stress testing and time to discharge. These clinically most relevant findings are discussed in an editorial by James L. Januzzi from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, USA. Intracoronary thrombus formation is a crucial event in the development of an acute coronary syndrome. Indeed, platelet inhibition by either aspirin and or AP2Y12 receptor antagonist has consistently been shown to improve outcome in such patients. In a recent trial, the novel P2Y12 receptor antagonist Ticagrelor reduces ischemic events and mortality in acute coronary syndrome more than clopidogrel. Whether this also applies to real-world clinical practice was addressed in the manuscript Outcomes in Patients Treated with Ticagrelor or Clopidogrel After Acute Myocardial Infarction Experiences from Swedehart Registry by Anders Salen and colleagues from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden. To that end, the authors studied 45,073 acute coronary syndrome patients enrolled into the Swedish web system for enhancement and development of evidence-based care in heart disease, evaluated according to recommended therapies, Swedehart, who were discharged on Ticagrelor, N equals 11,954, or Clopidogrel, N equals 33,119. At 24 months, the risk of the primary outcome of all-cause death, reinfarction or stroke, was 11.7% with Ticagrelor and 22.3% with Clopidogrel. The risk of death was 5.8% versus 12.9%, and the risk of myocardial infarction was 6.1% versus 10.8%. Readmission for bleeding was 5.5% with Ticagrelor and 5.2% with Clopidogrel. In a subset of patients undergoing PCI on Ticagrelor or Clopidogrel, the PCI-related in-hospital bleeding was 3.7% and 2.7% respectively. As a result, The authors conclude that, consistent with randomized trials, in patients with an acute coronary syndrome, Ticagrelor was associated with a lower risk of death, myocardial infarction, or stroke, as well as death alone, 
than clopidogrel. However, the risk of bleeding was higher with ticagrelor. These real-world findings are further discussed in an editorial by Deepak L. Bart from Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Platelets have a variety of receptors that induce shape changes and aggregation. Some of these pathways are interconnected, while others act independently, a fact that is clinically relevant if one aims for effective platelet inhibition. In a basic science paper, Inhibition of the Platelet P2Y12 Receptor for Adenosine Diphosphate does not impair the capacity of platelets to synthesize thromboxane A2, Marco Cataneo and colleagues from the Università degli Studi di Milano in Italy remind us that patients with acute coronary syndromes are treated with acetyl salicylic acid and antagonists of the P2Y12 receptor that is activated by ADP. It has been argued that P2Y12 receptor antagonists might inhibit thromboxane A2 production, the target of acetyl salicylic acid, and hence that acute coronary syndromes might be treated with P2Y12 receptor antagonists alone. Thus, the authors investigated whether P2Y12 receptor antagonists have off-target or indirect inhibitory effects on platelet thromboxane A2 production. To that end, the studied patients with inherited P2Y12 receptor deficiency and healthy subjects, serum thromboxane B2 levels, the metabolite of thromboxane A2, were similar in P2Y12 receptor deficient patients and healthy subjects, and were not decreased by P2Y12 receptor antagonists in vitro. Furthermore, serum thromboxane B2 levels did not decrease in patients treated with prasugrel or placebo for 14 days. While arachidonic acid and collagen-induced platelet aggregation and thromboxane B2 production in platelet-rich plasma of healthy subjects were inhibited in vitro by P2Y12 receptor antagonists, the drugs did not inhibit thromboxane B2 production when platelet aggregation was prevented by avoiding the stirring of platelet-rich plasma in the aggregometer. The P2Y12 ADP receptor antagonist MRS2500 had similar effects on platelet aggregation and thromboxane B2 production as P2Y12 receptor antagonists did. Acetyl salicylic acid inhibited thromboxane B2 production more effectively than a P2Y12 receptor antagonist. Only the combination of acetyl salicylic acid and a P2Y12 receptor antagonist inhibited platelet aggregation induced by high concentrations of collagen. The authors conclude that inherited deficiency of pharmacological inhibition of P2Y12 receptors does not affect the capacity of platelets to synthesize thromboxane A2. There is no pharmacological evidence that acute coronary syndrome patients may be safely treated with P2Y12 receptor antagonists without acetyl salicylic acid. Thus, dual platelet inhibition still appears to be the most effective antithrombotic approach in such patients. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.